Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Celtic Now and for podcast. My name is Ryan Clifford. This week's episode on the podcast is a guest podcast. Um, I'm joined by a personal trainer. He's got his own business, partner performance. I want to do some Kevin Kelly. Kevin, how's things, mate? Yeah, not too bad, Ryan. Not too bad. Keeping well, enjoying life. That's all we can do. How's things yourself? I'm good, man. I'm the same as you. Try to enjoy a bit of freedom now a bit. Um, I've obviously been kind of locked in a wee bit, so it's good to get in, out there and basically be back to normal, I suppose. That's it. That's it. Um, as I say, he's talking about obviously lockdown, restrictions and whatever else. Um, how's things been in the room? Obviously, it's picking up, but how was it? Obviously, kind of during the, the restrictions, lockdown, how, how was it for yourself and the business? Uh, personally, it was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was brutal because I, I'm, I'm somebody that likes to kind of keep active and, and, and keep on the go and I'm, I'm never really one for sitting about or being at home even. So, getting told you kind of have to do that was a bit, was a bit hard. Business-wise, business-wise, it was, it was, Terrible, but again, I'm I'm not the only one. I think I mean everybody was affected, one way or another, whether it's personally or, or from a business point of view. I had to shut down. Um, could do a wee bit of online stuff, yeah. but again, online stuff. I think anybody right at the start of a lockdown, from a fitness point of view, online stuff, Zoom, for example, as we're using just now, was seemed okay because I don't think anybody really thought it would be longer, maybe a month, two months. But then even the novelty of doing things online started to wear off and people are like, yeah, enough's enough. I can't keep being on my, my laptop or my iPad or, or whatever it may be. Um, but no, business took a big hit. But um, like I said, we were all in the same boat. So I, I'm just, I'm quite a laid back character. So for me, it was one of those ones where I can't, it was, it's not my fault that's happened. There's nothing I can do about it. So you just need to kind of keep the chin up, stay positive and hopefully it would, we'd find ourselves coming out of it, which... It appears to be that way at the moment, so fingers crossed we keep going. Uh, and as a result, things are also starting to pick up now from a business point of view. So can't complain, can't complain. And obviously, you say about the Zoom and stuff, how getting used to that, was that quite awkward? Obviously, some people's internet can be useless and it can stop and start, and, but was that actually all right once you get into the swing of things to use it? Uh, it was not too bad. Again, it just depends on the user at the end of the day. It's one of those things in terms of training and keeping fit and all the rest of it is whether it's online whether it's in person it's all to do with individuals some people are super super motivated that they could do online stuff 24 7 all year round they'd be happy to do it some people like that face-to-face that sort of personal touch type thing where 
that's really what drives them and gets them going. So for those people, it's it's, it's pretty hard to all of a sudden just jump and be the other side of a, a, a computer screen or whatnot. But you, you, you get used to it. It's like everything else we had to do. You adapt. It's it's just the sort of it's the surroundings we found ourselves in. It was the circumstances we had to deal with. So it was just more of a sort of listen. Let's just go on with this. Let's deal with the hands we've got just now. It's not normal circumstances. We're not choosing to do this. Over going to see somebody, so we just need to either accept it or don't do it. So again, it was it was all right. It was all right, but I'll be honest. As much as from a, I can see my clients were like that. I was the same. It's, it's, I like working face to face, so it's just, it's not quite the same. But it's good to get back to it. Uh, makes you makes you like Kevin else. It makes you appreciate it yeah. a hell of a lot more. A hell of a lot more. No, definitely, because I'm, I'm a, I, I do like to keep fit and stuff, but seeing it comes to like, I was doing stuff, I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy, he's called Igor, um, it was like a, I, think, I don't know if he's Ukrainian or Russian, but right. he's, he's built like an absolute machine and he does like YouTube videos, right. and it was like 15, 10 minutes, just fat burn exercises, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I lost like a stone and a half, just with doing that, eating a wee bit healthier, but I was doing that, but started starting off doing that, I was like, this is a bit hard. No one, obviously, in the jammy put headphones in, you just plod away. Yeah, because, yeah. You're, because you're having to force yourself to go date on the internet, you're like, it's no as, it's no as, how do you say, it's no enthusiastic, you're no as up yeah. for it. But once you start getting the swing of things, it, I think you're there eventually, your brain clicks and goes right, just date, and I think naturally you just go over the phone there. It's, it's like everything else, if you, if you kind of push yourself, the hard part's always getting started. And it's, it's, it's kind of getting over that wee hurdle of, Right, I'm either not enjoying this or I'm finding this tough now or I don't feel as if I'm fit enough to do it. But once you do it, it's like else. As soon as it starts to become a habit, it becomes easier. It's not as much a chore anymore. It's more a part of your routine. Um, and, and that's when people kind of push on and either enjoy it and get results or maybe still not, don't really enjoy it, but start to feel the benefit from it. But it's always that initial first week, week and a half to, to doing something that you're not used to doing, to make yourself move to get off the couch and go and do stuff. And like I said, when it's online, you're, you're sort of dealing with another hurdle in itself because it's so easy to be sitting in the house. Yeah, I go and watch the telly. I go, I go and watch it there. It's, it's, it's far too easy. So to be fair, a lot of people kind of really sort of motivate themselves to do it. So, and it isn't easy. It isn't easy at the best of times. But during, during lockdown, again, when you've not really got anything, a lot of people look for things like holidays, events, stuff like that, to treat our sports even to train for. None of us had that. So I'm not saying you can understand, but I can see why some people would also be looking at it from the point of view of going, what am I doing this for? Because no. tomorrow I'm going to wake up and do the same thing all over again. Bear <laughs> <my head. laughs> and I don't know when I'm coming out. Um, but I guess for us, that's for us. Can I just say, I think that's the thing, obviously with footballers, they've got a lifestyle and that's their job. But I think in a sense, I'm able to keep fitting I get as a routine in it. It's getting used to a routine and getting up in the morning and doing the same things. I think that does help. For me, for me, I, it helps anyway. I think uh, on the like what this, the stuff I was t- touching on there was more so probably your, just your your average your average person. But I think mm-hmm. when it comes to an athlete, specifically footballers, um, it is different. It's um, I mean, we all are, I suppose, in some ways or another, but they're very they're creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. So they are. It's like wake up, train, have a lunch, maybe do a wee bit more training back home. But it's that since you were maybe the age of 
13, 14, depending on where these boys started out, whether it's through academies or whatnot. So it's like every day of their life, and I know people sometimes say things like they're, they're pampered and all this kind of stuff. Okay, maybe some of them are, but at the end of the day, that's the life they've, they've lived for a number of years now. And they've struggled, they've struggled with, or struggled with lockdown like, like we all did. But I think for them, the difference was that was their job. Yeah. And the pressure was always was always going to be, I mean, what, that was March roughly we went into lockdown and it, it was that case where you've only really got three months left of the season. Mm-hmm. And again, like the rest of how long is this going to last? Well, it's, is it going to last a month? Right, fine. You know, keep yourself ticking over. Even for clubs' point of views and sports science departments and planning was pretty much like, let's just keep the boys ticking over. Let's just kind of make sure they know that they're still keeping themselves fit because hopefully we'll be back in four weeks. Mm-hmm. And once that stretches out to another four weeks, and then another four weeks, and then you're getting to the point where as, is, is the league going to continue? Is it going to get cancelled? Are we going to go back and finish it off? And that's when it starts to become really hard because, again, from the, from a, my footballer's point of view, they're training day-to-day for a game at the weekend. Mm-hmm. And before you knew it, it was, well, well, why am I training? All right, I'm training because it's my job. And it, but uh, There's no end goal for it. There's, there's, ah, exactly. There, there's, no, there's no goal. There's no specific thing. And, and I know pe- people could probably be quite critical and say, ah, but you know, it's your job, you're getting paid, or good money or not. And again, that's misconceived sometimes. Football money in Scotland isn't quite what it was maybe a number of years ago, but or across all different clubs. But at the end of the day, we're all human. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting there one day thinking, right, I've got to go and do this, I've got to do this 5K, I have to do a 10K, I have to do pitch runs or whatever it is, I'll do it, and I'm doing it for my house. But I don't know what I'm doing this for. Mm-hmm. So can I just take a day off today? Because I'll do it tomorrow. And, and that's what I'm saying, we're, we're all humans. And, and there is, there is, I'm not saying they're well within their rights to say that, but there is likely to say that as I am, as you are, because... I didn't know when I was going back to my work. No, that's, no, that's true. And, it, and it's, it, it, so it did become really, really, really hard for a lot of them. And, and again, I think from a, from a football point of view, from a football player point of view, I mean, there's so many different obstacles in the way because you had footballers that were either didn't live here in terms of from other countries, different cultures. You had boys that lived in flats. You had boys that lived in houses. You had boys that lived in the countryside. The boys that had gyms in the house. Boys that didn't have a single bit of gym kit in the house. And you're asking them all to do certain things that they might just not have had the capability to do. Um, and that's hard. Some of them lived with families. Some of them lived on their own. So it's there, there were so many variables across the board to actually look at and say, well, do you know what? Not everybody's going to deal with this the same way. Um, but it was a challenge that, don't get me wrong, they've overcame it, but I think sometimes it was a wee bit made, mm-hmm. or a wee bit, was, a wee bit too much was made of how players were going to come back. Yeah. Because they were never going to come back the way they finished off. It no, was just, never, never. It was across the board, different clubs, different levels, different standards. There was no chance players were going to come back in and hit the ground running. Because that's something that I say is... Um... It was mainly for Scott Brown at Celtic. Um, I was basically saying, even though the guy, he was really, really fit and he was still at the top of his game, 
for him to have three or four months off, that would have definitely affected his game because he's not playing every day. He's not training the way he was. And a, a lot of, no fans, but a lot of people want to be saying, aye, but that shouldn't affect him. But it affects me, it affects you. It affects a guy at 35, 34 who's used to doing that every day. But it, as you say, you might be doing it in the house. But he's all training that intensity with the teammates and the coaching every day. So to try and do that three months later, it's going to take three four weeks for Scott Brown to get back to his best. And we've probably seen that end of the season. It wasn't his best because he's had that fault at the start. Aye. No, no, 100%. It's, it's, uh, there's, there's guys there that are naturally fit guys and stuff, but it's, it's, it's a different ball game. It's, 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 pardon the pun, but it's, it's different in the sense of, you, you know, and every day you're not having a laugh and a joke and, and, and that sort of, even that community feel with the boys and you're, you're, you're no, nothing's natural straight away. It takes time to click again. Plus, even when the, even when the boys were coming back, it goes, it's not just Celtic, but even when the boys were coming back, they're, they're coming back also to different circumstances. Yeah. Back to training being completely different than it was. It was when they were allowed to go back in and people will say, oh, they were allowed to go back to their job and getting paid and everybody would still stay at home and they were given special circumstances and all the rest. But aye, they were. But when they went back into training, they were training small groups. They were training threes. They weren't allowed any kit. They had to get changed in the car. They weren't allowed to go into, if they'd like Lennox Town, for example, they weren't allowed to enter the building. It was straight back into the car. There was certain zones spread across the, the, the training pitches that they were allowed to go into. There was no interaction. There was no sort of physical contact. At all. It was completely different. So... You've got that, and then you're asking them to go and play a game on a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever it was going to be in an empty stadium. Everything changed. It, it, and again, it changed for everybody, so everybody felt, felt the effects of it from across all different teams. But I think, again, that's where a lot of people kind of maybe misunderstood or misread the situation because it's not a like-for-like like comparison to say this was them in February or March, yeah. and this is them when they've come back the following whatever to finish off the season. It's totally different totally different. and again it's the same for everybody some people dealt with it better than others but it was it was totally different and that's where I think even from a training point of view it was just going to be a matter of do you know what deal with it the best you can get to the end of the season get the season done and move on I think Mays players will be happy now that they kind of get back to a bit of normality in pre-season and I know yeah. obviously obviously they couldn't go a holiday but people will make or they get all this money they don't need a holiday, but these guys, as she says, are 365 days a year. They need to be the best every day. They can't do whatever else, but their holiday is their, that is like ours. It's the same relaxation period, and they need that as well. So, seeing people are saying, oh, like you say, they've got uh, special access to go and do this and do that. But I'm like, well, they should. They're 365 a year. As you said, that's their job. So, a week away, that's what they do every year. So, that's part of their life and part of their programme and they're training so hard that for them to do that and maybe perform at the highest level they need that a week after to just totally switch off because if they don't their body breaks in oh no 100% they need to they need to they don't I mean again it goes back to people will, will say oh I, you know they earn good money and this that and all but they do and I think they can't choose they can't take holidays or they kind of go to the manager and say oh, can I get a week off in September can I get a week off in January or whatever to go away or the kids are off school and why take them they can't do that so 
if they don't get that time off in the summer that they're used to getting to just go away and unwind, whether it's go actually abroad or whether it's just to actually just go home, chill out, just switch off. Yeah. You do need it. And again, people say, ah, well, they got plenty of that when they were at home during lockdown. Well, no, they never, because if I was to say that to you or to anybody else in the street, ah, but you get time off. It's not a holiday. Mm-hmm. It's a time off sitting, looking at four walls, looking at your, your, your wife, your husband, your kids, whatever. It's no, it's not the same. It's not the same, and uh, they did need the, the, they did need that that sort of time away, and then get back into a normal pre-season and get kind of get started again. And thankfully, with the crowds and that starting to come back in, or hopefully continue to be allowed to come back in, it'll just sort of pick up and get back to get back to where it was. Um, I think that's something. I think the crowds is a big thing for a lot of players as well. Getting back in, definitely. Um, I, I I think it's on an individual basis. I do. I, I, I'm not going to single people out, but I think there's 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 cases to be made for for. I mean, <laughs> I'm a I'm a supporter, but I don't want to kind of go on about for example about Rangers. But I, I think, for example, there's a case. I know people say things that like maybe like Conor Goldson or whatnot stuff like that. I think there's cases to be made for players across all different clubs. There are certain players within a club that. There and like the comfort of no pressure, you make a mistake, you're not getting criticised. All you're maybe hearing is your manager, or your coaches outside of the park. They may give you, they may sort of dig you out a wee bit and give you a wee bit of hard time, but it'll be more constructive criticism. But it'll yeah. be like, right, come on, get your head back in the game, go on with it. And there'll be players that will feed off that and, and, and do well from it and deal with that. And I do think there's other players who just don't. I mean, we've all. Born the West of Scotland, we've all heard it for years, you know, dealing with the old firm. Can a player come and perform under the pressure of the old firm? Top players have came and they've not managed that. And I think that's so I don't think it's necessarily anything new. Yeah. It's just the fact that when you've seen it with and without fans, you kinda of go, Well, maybe maybe they do. So there's no way it ever basically hundred percent saying they do or they don't. Mm-hmm. Um but the flip side of that is I, I would also say there's, there's 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 top players, there's good players um who thrive off a playing crowd in front of crowds and maybe we're the opposite. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, it's easy to say, oh, well, they should be super motivated, they should be able to get themselves up for a games, but you look at certain players and you think, ah, but surely, surely they must, they're the type of player that loves being in front of a big crowd, loves loves the atmosphere, loves loves getting criticised. No. Loves getting praised, but loves getting criticised. Yeah, I would even look at players like, like Odson. Yeah. And, uh, for me, great player, but I'm mean, going to be brutally honest. Whether it's odds or whether it's any 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 foreigner, basically, I would probably say it. What's going to motivate them to go up to Ross County? Nothing. <laughs> Sunday afternoon, at no fans in the stadium. I know to play, and it might sound a bit harsh. And some maybe my friends or Celtic supporters will say, "I bet come on, they're still professional footballers, still want to go out and win." I'm not saying it doesn't want to go out and win, doesn't want to score goals, but. Do you want to play in front of fans? Are, are, are fans going to get him going a wee bit more than a hundred percent? They are, ah, and I think that's that's a cultural thing as well because you, you look at the probably take any of the sort of Scottish boys or, or British based boys, they'll deal with that a lot better. They, I just think personally, I just think it's more in their psyche, and they've got more maybe emotional attachment to be like this is a game of football, Scottish game of football. It's completely different. It's completely different, and that's why I think sometimes 
people can go overboard with the stuff to do with the fans being back and not being back. I think it's at the end of the day, football's there for fans. So yeah, that's when you that's when you need to sort of deal with it. So uh, uh, this has been a one-off, or hopefully this has been a one-off. Um, and whatever it showed us, it showed us. But it's not going to have any bearing moving forward now. Anyway, as for as. No, I agree. Um, I think some fans thrive off the energy for the fans and I think maybe somebody who might do that for Celtic is to be Japanese boy. I think he'll thrive off the fans just the oh. way he plays and already he seems a, a fan's favourite. He's only played two games, well, two and a bit games. So I do agree when it comes to that situation that I think guys like even guys like Dembele or Cham, Edward, the guys who have came here as you said, up to Ross County or Inverness, a freezing cold November day, and many fans. Is, is, I think it was the same with Samaras. I like Samaras, right? was Celtic, but you knew the first few minutes of the day, the game, if he was up for it. If he went by his man, you're like, he's up for it today. If he didn't, you just knew, all right, it's going to be a, it's going to be a hard game for him today. But again, I can understand that because when I played myself, you go to these tough away grounds and it's a December day and you're like, I don't want to play today. And that, I'm not getting paid big money, so if they're getting paid big money, it doesn't matter what you get paid. It's just what you like, basically the atmosphere you like playing in. Oh, no, definitely. Definitely. And, it's, and, I, and I think you're right. I think the wee, the wee, um, the wee boy Kyogo, um, I mean, I know it's early days and I think he will do really well, but I think, again, coming from a, a, a different culture and a style of football where can I guess in a wee bit, but the the, the atmosphere of the stadiums, I know they get, I know they get big crowds over there, but mm-hmm. different types of crowds. It's different atmospheres, it's more intense atmospheres here. It's more dare I say it's a bit more volatile and poisonous at times atmospheres and, and you're you're getting slaughtered. Whereas over there I think it's more a lot more respectful culture. I saw nice and nice in it. I so I don't I think maybe coming in and especially for him coming and playing at Celtic Park, and it will probably will thrive off that, the atmosphere and, and the noise that's generated, and the fact that Celtic are going to have 95 percent of the ball most games, so he probably will sort of, sort of really relish that. And where where will be interesting is deal with like your like are right on you when all the fans are back in. But again, that's that's just something to, you know, he's, he's, he's going to learn. He's young. Every ground once or twice before he, uh, before he really gets a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Celtic Park will probably be the easy part. <laughs> probably, aye. The easy part. Um, but as you say, obviously, you're personally training your own business, Kevin. Um, how... How did you start with that? Did you do something before it and then get the idea or has it been in your life kind of for a long time? Um, a bit of both, to be honest. Um, probably to cut a long story short, I've always loved football. I mean, I could watch, I could walk down the street and see a game on the public park and stand and watch it. I, I've always loved football, but you know, played when I was younger and different things like that. Like a lot of young guys, injuries, stuff getting away. But then I was at, uh, I was at uni, um, went to uni, got a degree and absolutely nothing to do with what I'm doing just now, so I'm going to go down that line. Um, but it was one of those ones, I did that while I didn't really have anything else I wanted to do. Yeah. In the meantime, um, but 
came out, was working in another job. I always knew sport, fitness was, was it was always what I wanted to do. So I set up the personal training business about, well, I'm 37 now, so I'd, maybe when I was about 22. Um, right. Started doing that. Again, nothing nothing special, just just your sort of started personal. I had an idea on what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go with it. Um, built up a, a client base. Um, things were going well. Plan was always to try and get more in place. Didn't ever want to really run a gym like a like, like a commercial gym with membership, like kind of thing. That's that's not really me. But I wanted to kind of set up more in place if I could, purely for personal training, um, but also to branch out into the sports performance side of it. So again, that that was the plan. Um, obviously, financial financial restraints, especially in terms of like gym and cat and premises and all that kind of thing. So, no, it was, good. it was going well. And then it must have been about, oh, maybe about six, about six years ago now. Um, that's when I really wanted to kind of push into the sports performance side of things. Um, because again, that's kind of where my passion is. I don't mind yeah. saying it. I, mean, I, love, I love my job. I love personal training general public my clients won't mind me saying that but I do enjoy the football side of things massively so um, I wanted to move into it but I, I wasn't ready from a from a gym point of view in terms of you know if I'm going to go and try and attract professional footballers or any, or any kind of athlete I feel like I want them to come to an environment that they walk into and go alright this guy's serious or this looks good this is for me again some of them are used to, you know, getting or deal certain environments that are pretty impressive. Some of the boys, again, if you just want to talk generally about football, some of the boys are maybe at lower clubs, maybe not as much. Yeah. But again, I wanted to kind of stand out to them and go, all right, okay, this guy knows what he's doing and all that kind of thing. So um, probably massively one of the big influences for me and been a great help to me um, initially as a client and then as a, as a friend and, and stuff as well was actually uh, Dembele. Oh, okay. Uh, because I trained, I started off um, training Scott Allen. Um, Scott's a good friend as well and, and Scott started training with me. It was pretty much when he came to Celtic. Um, and then... Musa had signed for Celtic and I've told that I told that story a few times, but Musa had signed for Celtic in the summer, obviously very late on. Um just the season started pretty much. And uh, I got I mean I well, I go to the I've got a season ticket, so I go to a lot of the home games, but I'd been going to games and obviously at that point in time Musa hadn't been getting a game. Um and then I got a phone call. I got a phone call. I was leaving my mum and dad's house actually one night and I got a phone call from a, basically a random number and I answered it and it was a, a French guy. Or, well, I'd say a French guy. It was a guy speaking English but you could tell he had a French accent and I'm not going to try it. But you know that way somebody, somebody starts talking to you think Is that a bam up? I wind up either <laughs> friends or family or somebody's out of here. So Guy was all. Oh, I hear you do this, you do that. You, 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 you deal with professional athletes, sports, blah 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 blah. I've got a, 
one of my one of my clients uh, potentially would like to come and train with you. And I'm like, right, okay, that's fine, that's no problem. And that was it. There was no mention of the player's name, no nothing. And he says, I'll go away and I'll get back to you. So that was that. But again, I came off the phone thinking, ah, wind up, nothing will come of this. I actually had went holiday. Um, and I came back. And while I came back, I, I'd worked in a, another place at that time. It was like basically like a physiotherapy clinic. And I worked downstairs, in the gym downstairs. And I, I remember I came in and the girl in the reception said to me, she was, Kevin, there's a guy came in here for you the other week. Um, a French guy. Um, suit very well presented, and I got and, I, and he'd, have, he'd have a boy with him. I'm like, did you get her names? She went, no. She went, but I'm sure the boy played for Celtic. I'm like, right, right, okay. I, again, didn't think much of it. And then about two days later, the phone phone goes again. Same guy. Listen, my client's ready to train with you. Is that okay? Is it okay if we come in and meet you? I says, I that's fine, no problem. I says, listen, do you mind telling me who you're? your client is he's like oh it's Moussa Dembele so I'm obviously Celtic supporter and I'm like alright okay fair enough I arranged to meet him the Friday night before the old firm game where Moussa scored his hat-trick alright so I've met Moussa Moussa came to the gym his agent came to the gym and uh, talking away really nice shy very shy boy um, just about what, what we're going to work on, what he'd like to work on. Very switched on for a young young guy. Um, very professional. Like knew 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 what was required type thing. Yeah. And, um, which, which he's always been that way. He was like, okay, I want to work on speed, my power, my athleticism. You know, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for Celtic, but at the same time, I'm also want to look at progressing myself as an athlete, not just foot, football yeah. wise. Great, so fine. That was fine. Put a plan in place, uh, and then I go to the Celtic Rangers game the next day. Musa scores a hat trick, and I'm like, "What in the earth am I meant to do with this boy?" <laughs> uh, I was sitting there because obviously I told my dad that night when we got in, I thought I was in such and such, and he had to play. Jill. He came on a couple of soccer games, and he'd said the night before, "I says are you involved tomorrow?" And he says, "I don't know." Because Griff had been playing. Griff was doing really well. He says, well, Griff's got an injury. Don't know if he's going to be fit. So he's going to have a fitness test before the game. So, again, I never really thought much of it. And then, like I said, I said to my dad, oh, he was in tonight. And dad's, what, what is he's want to do? And he wants to get faster, stronger, this, that, and the other. And I've, like I said, go to the game the next day. My dad's there and he scores the heart. I think my dad's kind of looking at me as if... Make a new day. <laughs> stronger. Whatever. That kind of set, kind of go on for ages about that, but that kind of set me off at that yeah. point in time because you've kind of, still to this day, don't know how, why you contacted me, if I'm being really honest. I don't know. Um, I tried to get the bottom of it, but how many agents still won't tell me as if it's some kind of secret. <laughs> um, but that kind of set me off in the path of, right, okay, do you know what? Forget about the fact that I'm a Celtic supporter. This landed in my lap in terms of you're not really going to get anybody currently in Scotland playing as a higher profile than Moussa Dembele. Yeah. In terms of where, where he came from, type of player he is, the standard of player he is, and what he's now just done. I mean, he's just scored a hat against Rangers, first person to do it since Harry Hood. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know what, it's time for me to try and make a wee bit of leap of faith. 
and that's when I kind of went out and set up my own place and and Musa was a big part of that because he, he kind of sort of pushed me on to kind of go, go and do it um, and things kind of just progressed from there and again um, that's why I kind of I wore a lot to like some Musa and like Scott Allen as well because words just started to spread that they were training with me Yeah, and then before you knew it it's one of those things like I didn't really have to do much marketing or PR or anything like it just, that. It just kind of came with it. It just kind of it was it just kind of flowed from that point where you maybe had guys phoning you up basically saying, "I hear you train him. Can you train me?" And it, there was no, you know, there was no sort of asking you anything or whatnot. Um, and it just kind of snowballed to that point. And and don't get me wrong, it, it, it snowballed, but it was one of those ones where I kind of took a bit of pride in it in the sense of well. Do you know what? These guys have came, they've tried it, kept on coming, and they've stayed. Um, so, you know, you must be doing something right. Um, and, it, and it's kind of just went went for there, and it's it's been great. It's been a great journey so far. Um, I love what I do, train boys. And again, I'm just I'm talking specifically there about like Celtic boys in terms of Musa and, and Scott was at the time, but boys are boys across all different clubs and. Scotland, a couple of England and a couple abroad and stuff like that as well. So it's been really, really good. Um, really enjoy it. And again, you know, loving football and staying in the west of Scotland and training a lot of these players. It's just, you know, I'm not going to lie, it is great fun. You feel like a kid at times. No, but for me, if that was me, I'd been a bit of kind of starstruck. If that was me, then barely, I'm like, Jesus, I'm training a guy who's, oh. he's not a hero, but he's a guy you're paying to watch and then you're training them. That must have been a bit of, Realism in a situation like that. I know it was. It was. It was. It was quite. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was quite nerve wracking. Um, not. I, I wouldn't say I get like it anymore. Um, mm. But I'm meeting if somebody new is coming on board type thing. But it was nerve wracking at the start because it's crazy how the dynamic changes. Because at the end of the day, these guys are coming to you because you're the one who knows more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but because of your like love for football whether it's a boy that plays for maybe like a team you support or, or, or not it, it changes and you feel as if you're kind of you are there to kind of impress them and kind of get them to buy into you and all the rest of it but you feel as if it's like X Factor and you're getting you know you're, you're going for your first edition to get uh, to the next stage um, I'm not even going to try and sing, but it was it, it is quite nerve-wracking in that sense. But see, at the end of the day, and I've said it to so many people now, they're just boys like the rest of us, and just normal guys. Whether they're whether they're, they're Scottish boys, English boys, French, whatever, they're just boys, and they're all down to earth. They're all good fun. Don't get me wrong; some some like training more than others. They all know they need to do it. Um, characters um, they're good fun and I'm saying that they're boys as well because that's the other thing I mean I don't know about yourself Brian but when when I was a wee boy I looked at footballers and thought footballers were adults yeah and alright a lot of them are but I thought they were like proper grown ups and when you meet them even though I mean I'm 37 like I said but when you meet them I'm sometimes still go into meeting these boys for the first time, thinking in my head, I'm going to meet an adult. Nice. And then they're standing, sitting in front of me or they're standing in front of me and I'm looking going, 
I'm 16, 17 years older than you. It's crazy, isn't it? Boy. Uh, and that's where it kind of, that is crazy and it kicks in as well because you, you, you start to kind of think then, do you know what? This is completely different than what the outside world perceive it to be. Mm-hmm. Actually dealing with just boys here. Boys that are dealing with so much pressure. Um, Especially for their age, like, then Billy might have been, what, maybe 21, 22, roughly, maybe then, maybe younger. 20. And, so he's, and as you say, he's come to a foreign country. He's no, well, I know he's came from England, but he's come to a big covert Celtic. He's got to deal with all the press for the fans, the media, and then he's come to you and you're like, all right, mate, let's just start training. It's a total, oh, like it's, you say, it's a big whirlwind of events. He's gone to that to then just training with you. It's crazy. It's, it's absolutely frightening. It's absolutely frightening. Musa was <laughs> probably a, one of the other stories about Musa, which was really good, was he, he Musa actually just, he used to just stay around the road from me. So oh, right. at first when he came, he didn't have a car. So I used to pick him up and uh, back and forward. And, and the day, against Rangers. And then, it was that midweek, so I don't know what day. So it was Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, where I worked in Uddingston at the time was on the main street in Uddingston. And he stayed in, in Bothell. Um, so you're, you're talking maybe from, from, from the clinic where I worked, maybe a 15-minute walk, right? Not a dodgy walk or anything like that, but a 15-minute walk. And... Uh, He'd came, he'd get dropped off because he was getting taxis everywhere at first. So he got dropped off at the clinic and he came in. We were downstairs and we were discussing a few things. And again, he was still really, really shy at this point because again, he, he didn't know me. You know, it's, it's one of those ones he's kind of found himself in front of me and we're going to work together, but he didn't know me. Finished what we were chatting about. And I says, right, I says, you, you can home now? And he went, yeah, yeah. I said, so how, and I, I clicked to that point, I went, how did you get here? I need a taxi. I said, how are you getting home? He says, I'm just going to walk. Now, this is about, I don't know, one o'clock, half one in the afternoon on a Tuesday, whatever. I was like, Mr. You can't walk home. He's like, no, it's fine. I walk. I was like, Mr. You just scored the hard trick for Celtic against Rangers three days ago. I was like, you don't, you don't, you don't he probably wouldn't even remember this happening. I was like, you, you don't, necessarily realise what that means. I mean, don't get me wrong, you could walk out in that street and all the way home and you'll get praise and you'll... I says, you'll also get absolutely slaughtered. Oh, definitely. Um, I says, listen, just jump in the car and I'll, I'll drive you along. And, and so I, I drove him along and dropped him off his house and it was wee things like that that were kind of like very... were naive, but, mm-hmm. were, but were nice because it was just... it just shows you that... I didn't realise what he was... he was, he was, he was going to Realised the enormity. He, 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 he realised quite quickly the the, the, the enormity of, of playing for, for Celtic and 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 obviously the old firm derby and stuff. But doing that and in, in, in a game against your like, rivals and all that kind of thing, he, he probably didn't realise how much it, it it matters in that sense. Um, but it was that. That's what it shows you. He was just a young boy as well. Because, I mean, what I was actually going to tell you was a game. One of the times I picked him up and I've got to his house and was chucking it down the rain. And I've tooted the horn. I'm like, I'm not going out of the car, so I tooted the horn. Nothing. And then a couple of minutes later, the door opens and the hand just comes out the door. It's like, like five, no, two minutes. So the door shuts, still sitting five minutes later. And then the door opens. It's still chucking it down the rain. And he walks out. 
and he's in a full. I can't remember. I cannot remember what. team it was but I think it was Chicago Bulls it was like a full Chicago Bulls basketball strip the, the whole lot the shorts the top right over his head like a cape so the arms were in the end and he's walking with his boots in his hand and a wee bag and his flip flops on and he's come running down he's getting the car and there was part of me that felt like going like what in the earth are you wearing right now but anyway he's getting down, drove down to the pitch. We were doing a pitch session that day. Drove down to the pitch. I said to him, listen, you can go in. It was like an indoor sevens part we had to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I says, there's changing rooms in there if you want to use them. If you need to get changed, because obviously he did. Um, I says, or. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. I'll just change here. So the next thing, standing just down with the shorts. <laughs> down with the shorts. And it was like, again, I can't quite remember what it was, but it was like SpongeBob bit square pants, boxers. Right? And do you know that way I'm kind of like, Again, that's what I'm going, this is just a young boy. Aye. These young boys, you could see, like, you could see, like, your like, brothers or whatever. And I'm going, this is, this, this is guy, this is a guy that you're getting landed, like, 20, 25 million pounds in the newspapers on a daily basis. And people just forget, he's just a young boy. And he's wearing Spongebob boxers. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's just like the other young boy about there, like, playing the computer and all that. It just, um... But no, it's good fun training them. They're, they're good fun. Uh, and it is quite... It's, it's, it's not intimidating, but it's uh, it's exciting. It's probably the best way to put it. That's, that's quite a funny story. It's like Calvin Klein's at Spongebob. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, exactly. <laughs> but obviously, see, when you do... like You work at the plans with all the players, like the Bailey and all, you're on Griffiths, and I've seen the stuff with Barry McKay and Instagram and stuff. See, play with Rangers, um, or Edge Rangers, um, see how to do their plans. Do you need to notify the club? Do the club need to know about these plans or is that just between you and the client? No, it's just directly between me and the client. It's uh, <clears throat> it's it's kind, of, it's kind of a strange one, to be honest, because it's I have a direct relationship with the client mm. and realistically, that's technically all that matters because if the client contacts me, wants to work with me, that's their choice and, and my choice. Um that makes it sound quite bad, but if I'm being brutally honest, there, there are times where I would maybe like to have more of a relationship with certain clubs, yeah. uh, depending on the depending on the players, because sometimes it can make life a whole lot easier. Um, because different boys, different ages, different. When I say different levels of maturity, I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean that in terms of some boys have been exposed to maybe like training for for years, whether it be in the gym, whether it be out the pitch. And some are just starting up. Some are starting mm-hmm. up. And also some of it, some boys maybe just take it in their stride and don't really take much note of what they're doing or why they're doing it or what they should or shouldn't be doing. So if you get a boy coming in like like a like a Musa or like a Scott Allen or, or someone like that who who knows what they want to do, knows the importance of it, puts the effort in, you know, it's going to be honest with you, build a relationship that works both ways and trust and all the rest of it. It's great because I know they'll be honest with me and and I'm going to be honest with them. I'm not going to take any risks and they're not going to take any risks. 
and you can plan things together, you can schedule things in, you can do the right things. Obviously, you can't eliminate complete risk. You can eliminate it as much as possible because they're, they're, they're as switched on as they technically can be. Yeah. Sometimes if you've got other boys that come in who maybe contact you because they think that this is something they should be doing, which is great within itself, but just don't know what. They, and, it, and it's very natural to go, oh, well, I want to get faster, I want to get stronger, or this or that. That's great. And that, to be fair, that's, that goes without saying. Um, sometimes it's position-specific type stuff as well. But if it was the case for that person to say to me, you know, some of the coaches at the club would like to get me that, maybe this, or have said to me, I should work on this. Yeah. It would be so much easier for me to say, well, I've got a direct line straight into so-and-so to say, listen, one of your boys just came in to me, going to be working with me, say this, this, and this, I'm going to work with him on this. Listen, just from your opinion, how, how do you find he's performing or, or whatever it is? And, and that would be great, and it'd be good to work in conjunction with that. Um, but I don't necessarily have, I don't work on behalf of any of the clubs. I know a number of the clubs that know I'm working with. Yeah. A number of their players. And again, Celtic being one of them, I knew, I know they knew, they knew, or Brendan Rodgers knew I was working with Musa, um, and, and quite a few of the boys at that time when, when, Try and remember who was all who. I mean, there was Musa, Jean Karamoko, actually, Dembele at the same time, Ollie. So, Cham, Musa, Jean Karamoko, even young, the younger boys like Calvin Miller at the time was, mm-hmm. was working with me. Jamie McCart, still at Celtic at the time, was working with me. So, and there were, there were a couple, Patrick Roberts, stuff like that. So, there were boys um, at the time that, that the club knew I was working with. And that was fine. So the fact that I even knew that they were working with, and 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 I had a, I've got a relationship with Chris McCart, that that's the head of the youth academy yeah. as well. So the, the fact that they knew, I kind of without verbal consent, if you like, I kind of knew that they were okay with it. Yeah. Um, which was good within itself because they knew you're you're working with some of their sort of prized assets. Mm-hmm. Um, and but at the same time, they were also happy that these guys were were willing to to, to do that little bit extra um, and they trusted that dare I say it, they were in capable hands that I was going to take I wasn't going to take any risks with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't get me wrong, it's easy to say all your safety sport, but well, no matter who it would be, um That's exactly the same thing you're doing. It's the same thing. It's it's, it's you're not going to take any risks with any of the players because at the end of the day it's their career. Um, so no I don't I don't I don't have Specific relationships with certain people, certain clubs I do. That's 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 fine, but there's other clubs mm. I don't. But it's not it's not a, it's not a bad thing. I just I just don't have it. Um, but again, some of the clubs, some of the players, sorry, like I think they like the fact that they have that direct relationship with me. And mm. I think, honest, if, I, if I'm being brutally honest, that's what I like as well. Yeah. Um, because you can strike up that level of trust and understanding and friendship. It goes with it to let it kind of blossom and blossom and, and, and go well, and I think sometimes for them stepping out outside that pressurised environment of the club, where I mean I'm not saying all of them, but they may feel a wee bit of pressure to 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 conform to a specific type of behaviour. They have to maybe be- more relaxed. Maybe what with you and as because it's not that pressure environment. It's just you and them, and yeah. you can work to what they really need to. 
Can I get better? Because obviously yourself, when you train, I don't know if you played yourself, Kevin, but in training session, you don't always work on stuff you need to do. It's like a team thing. But yep. when it's just you and them, you can get their needs kind of attended to. No, 100%. I do. I, I think there are players who can go into their club and can work just as well within the club, be themselves, be confident, do what they need to do, do what they want to do. But I do also think there's players who have different characters that are maybe a bit more reserved, um, maybe aren't this stereotypical, this is what you have to be like type footballer, yeah. that, that are maybe, what I say scared, but don't feel comfortable enough. Mm-hmm. So when they do come out with the club and there's no watching eyes, there's no, they can just be themselves. And they can talk to me <clears throat> about anything, tell me anything, talk to me about what they want to improve on, what they want to work on. Um, but at the same time, it could be the case of, listen, my coaches or this, that, they think I, should, I could be doing better with this. That's great, we can work on that. But listen, see, at the same time, I also like to do, if I'm a striker, for example, I want to work on things like getting sharper within the six-yard box or mm. whatever it may be. You can you can balance it out and then then basically target both. Um, so I do think there's, there there is a big case where they do like that sort of one to one, and I, and I like that as well. I, I mean, yeah. there's, there's there's a big part of me that would like to work with the clubs, um, like from a, like a I don't know how to put it best, but probably like a consultancy point of view, mm-hmm. where I could go in and work with players, um, directly in at the clubs or indirectly outside with me. Doing stuff on behalf of the club, but also being a, if you like, being a, an asset or a resource that the club could yeah. use for boys where they're injured, where they're recovering, where they're not playing, or just no in favour, but they're not getting any game time. So they need they need to work that wee bit harder than the boys that are playing, because the boys that are playing are just once once they're in season, um, they're they're going week, game week to week or game midweek uh, weekend to midweek. So their training is just standards, running the mill training, like shape and types of things like that. Whereas if you're a guy who's not getting a lot of game time, or you maybe getting, maybe getting odd sub appearance now and then, you're not really, you're, you you then go into training during the week and you're taking part in the same training sessions that the guys have just done more. And yeah. sometimes they get they boys want to get pushed that wee bit harder so that the, the sort of maybe like the, not, not quite seeing the game intensity but if they're working a wee bit more intense it's going to give them more of a chance to maybe be yeah. not at that level when they do get a chance so there's loads of different ways that it would be beneficial if you did have that relationship uh, with the clubs but it's also good to have that outside relationship with the boys where you can actually like phone each other up and just have a chat and not worry about having to be a certain way Yeah, somebody might be listening or whatnot or like, I, need, I need to act a certain way in front of the other boys or they'll, they'll, they'll ridicule me or they'll slaughter me or whatever it is because at the end of the day right, right or wrong it does happen that's, that's a fat bondage then that happens that it does happen um, um, no but see like you're saying like I can totally understand that because some guys kind of don't really train the best because they're maybe nervous or they just can't do it really train well, but like you say, if it's one to one, the personality comes out between the client and you, and the performance gets better. And as you say, I'm more relaxed, so it's beneficial to you and the client because you're getting the most from them, they're getting the most from you. Yeah, no, no, 100%. 100%. The, the, 
Everything else, you put somebody in an environment where they feel comfortable and they feel safe and all that kind of thing, they'll, they'll, they'll do well. They'll sort of push on. The nerves will be out the window. They'll not be worried about this or that. And, and it lets them kind of just concentrate on what they're there to do. And that's, that goes without saying for anything, really. Mm. Um, but, I mean, that being said, I mean, the, the stuff they do in the clubs are, are really good. I think it's hard, but because... In Scotland, the resources up here, it's, it's it goes back to like everything else. Financially, up in Scotland, the clubs don't have, you know, pots of money to really throw at resources and say, you know, we've got a squad, a first-team squad of 24, 25, 26 boys. How, if all these boys want to stay on and do extra, if they're allowed to do extra, or if they want to do gym work, you, know, you can't have somebody to train every single one of them. No, no, that's true. And it's like hiring. It's like do they have like you know the teams are coaches and trainers and I think it's hard to have the manpower to, to, to deal with it all. And um, so I, I do feel for it for the clubs in some in some respects because you get boys that will want to do stuff and you actually get like maybe managers and clubs that want to do stuff, but they just they just don't have the the, the, the money to. to put people in a position or to hire staff to do it. So it's so it is hard. So it's just kind of striking that balance. But I think nowadays, again, everything goes back to social media nowadays, but with social media, pressure's on because a lot of these younger boys coming through, they're seeing what other boys are doing Yeah, out with their normal day-to-day training. And it's one of those ones, like, if I don't do that, not necessarily the same to the same extent or the same level, but if I don't do that, I'm just going to get left behind. Yeah. And that, in turn, will just be a domino effect into the majority of boys wanting to do extra, wanting to do more, which will put pressure on clubs and staff and all the rest of it to deal with it in, in, in the right way. Um, but it's a good problem to have because at the end of the day, you want your, if you're a manager or whatever, you want your players to be wanting to do more. But I mean, there is a line right now where you have to say, no, you're not enough's enough. I take a day off and chill out and rest. You need to know when to take the rest and when to just say, no, you know what, I appreciate and, and I admire your will to want to do more and train more, but, you know, training the days not going to do you, or sorry, not training today is not going to do you any harm. It's just a day of rest. It's the next day you're doing the same thing, so it's not a big deal. Exactly, exactly. The last well, thing I was speaking about when it comes to that as well, like, your, like the performance side of it, it's probably good for you as well because you see obviously as fans we only see it in our match day and if you don't go to the game you can see it on the TV but when you go to the games you see how quick and sharp you guys are but see, oh, you, but see when you're doing it one-to-one you actually realise how good these guys are to get to that level because I, I I was younger I thought I was I was 15, 16 I was at Pro Youth I thought I was good but see right. I look back now I was never near these levels. These guys are see guys like I was. I'm a I was a big lover and enchanted Celtic. I thought the guy had. I think obviously I don't know what goes behind the scenes. That's that's nothing for me to talk about. But I thought the guy had. I think to be he's got. I think to be a top player. And obviously you've worked with him, so you'll see how quick, how sharp, and how athletic he is. And I've watched a few of the videos, and you can just tell how good these guys are. Aye. Oh no. They listen. They, they are. Um, I know that's a Celtic. Based podcast, but I mean, they all are. I mean, some of them play at different levels, but you can see why they're all professionals. Yeah, even just the the, the simple things like how you ha- how you have a ball, 
I mean, how it just sort of ping a ball, backspin on it, it's got the right pace, and it, it doesn't bobble over the ground, gets to that person. Very few passes are made to the inside of the foot because what might be a, a standard inside of the foot pass to your average person, they can ping that, they can drive that, and it'll be just as accurate, if not more accurate, get there faster. But it's just like second nature. They just, it's just out of their feet, hang it, and away they go. Um, so no, it, it, it is, I've got to be honest, it is frightening. There have been situations like over the years where there's been moments where I've been like, Jesus, just, just frightening. Um, different, different things with different players. And it is, again, talking to Celtic, it is one of those ones where, you know, as a fan, you, I mean, I watched, I now probably would say I do watch and analyse Celtic different than the way I used to. Yeah. Do that. And, I mean, there's spells where there's been a, a number of players have been training that have been playing, and there's spells where there's maybe no many, and it, it just kind of fluctuates. But I, I watch it, and it is, I do watch it differently now because, like yourself, you, probably most fans, you, you watch it, and sometimes you can be, whether you realise it at the time or not, you could be like, Overcritical, where you're thinking like that pass is easier. Why oh, should I play this pass? Should I brought that down, or I should have did this? Should I did that? And you're like, wait a minute here. Like, I know we're looking at it from maybe a bird's eye view or whatnot, or ten replays on the telly. But what you're asking him to do is barely impossible. And sometimes he'll do it. But what you don't sometimes realise is, I but the boys are playing against. They're no uh, dummies. Either top or off. <laughs> no dummies. So it's not as easy to just say, play that pass because it'll get there and no bother because that guy's not going to read it. Or, but but they're, they're all good players. And it's it's funny though because you train, you sometimes train boys and you, you'll, you'll see them in a different light. Mm. You'll see them do things or yeah. not saying play because it's not as if they. It's not if we're playing 11 sides when we're doing any training, but like, for example, Scott Allen, people's perception of Scott will be, and he won't mind me saying this, people, people's perception sometimes of Scott will be like, oh, maybe a luxury player, can be a bit lazy, mm-hmm. doesn't tie back. Scott's, Scott's technically the complete opposite. Technically, he's superb. Mm-hmm. Technically, he's got average in his locker. He's creative. He's, he's, he's got an eye for a pass. But more than that, he can actually play that pass. And he's he's willing to do it. He's willing to fail. But give me a ball again. I'll try it again. I'll try it again. I don't know how many times I get it wrong. But that's what I'm here to do. And he's no scared of it. But Scott, one of Scott's big assets, which people don't see as much as Scott's rapid. Very quick. Is extremely fast. But the way Scott's game is, it doesn't. He never really finds himself in positions to really show that and express that. Um, and he's no lazy. He's just he's just got that kind of style about him. Um, but you gather, but you touched on all, like Ollie Chams. Um, I've all, I'll, I liked Cham before I even met him in terms of training. I always liked him as a player because, like you say. He's got everything. He owes his class. He's technically superb. His awareness, his understanding, he's, 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 he's just, he, he can be a Rolls Royce. 
Um, the thing for me, like you say, is these players can ping passes. That's his his passings. They are like those is phenomenal, and his touch. It was that's what I loved about myself. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. And passing's a joke. He's brilliant. Those guys for me, he's one of those guys where I've always, I've always, at times can be frustrated when I've watched Celtic, and I, I would even say even even during like stuff like you want to talk about like the Brendan Rodgers yeah. kind of first couple of years, and obviously kind of like criticised because they've done great, but I've always been one where I'm not wanting boys to be launching balls and all the rest, but you want to play nice football, but I always like a player who can just open their body up and just ping it. Ping it 20 yards, 40 yards, 60 yards, but not not a, not a big, not a long pass, like drive it. Also, it gets your team up the park as well. To play quick, doesn't need to take three or four passes sometimes to get across the park. And all he's got that, like, without thinking about it, just blow out his feet. He's not afraid. There's a guy, ping it, drive it, away you go, move on. Um, but, I mean, extremely, extremely talented, works ever so hard. He's probably one of the most dedicated trainers I've seen in terms of how he lives his life and how he trains and all the rest of it. But I think, I don't think he was ever u- utilised the way he should have been. Uh, no, I agree, I agree. He's appreciated the way he should have been as well. I think, and I, I might sound biased, people, I know people say, oh, that's not because you're you know, training and all that kind of thing, but I just felt if with the right players around him, he, he, he there was times where you could just tell he should be playing every week. But no, no, I agree. I think the guy's absolutely brilliant. I, I, I say when he was at Celtic, he was the best midfielder in Scotland. In my opinion, I thought he had, as you say, scared me different. He was, he was right. a Rolls Royce, he had the passing, he had the shooting ability, he had everything to be. For, right. I, I'm not saying Celtic are a massive, massive club, and we know that as, as fans, but. I, I, I thought he had the ability to go further than Celtic. Oh, aye. Oh, aye. And listen, to be honest, I dare say he will. Well, I still think he will go and, and, and he'll, he'll progress his career. He definitely will. Um, but no, there are other players like him that have, in terms of talking about Celtic that, that I mean, like Moussa's just raw power. Just everything about Moussa would just screamed top level. Like talking about Ollie. Ollie was technically brilliant and again, like we just said, I can see getting on to like better things. Moussa just had talked <laughs> touched on X Factor earlier on, my way saying what X Factor now, but he had, had that X Factor. He had that star quality where it was like you just knew whether it was training them or whether it was watching them play, there was just something about him. He had a presence there that he didn't need a brilliant game. But at any moment, if he wanted to, he could step up. He'd take the power. He'd link up. He'd a wee bit sometimes in terms of his, like, his footwork and things like that. But again, he, he wasn't daft. He knew he had things to improve on. Mm-hmm. He'd that, but then Patrick Roberts, Patrick Roberts' footwork was just... Fine. Oh, it was just a joke. I mean, I, I, some of the sessions, or pitch sessions, I'll take part with some of the boys. And... Had like glass ankles after a session because <laughs> it was like we're doing like um sort of basically footwork and like mirror reaction drill type things where can I give you an example? It might be like maybe a row of like say six or seven cones. He's at one side, I'm at the other. You're not allowed to touch each other. He's to act as if he's an attacker, so he's kind of 
going left and right, but he can at any point he can change direction whatever way he wants. And I've got to mirror that as a defender. And I was like, why did I why did I <laughs> why did I do this drill the day? Because I'm like, geez, oh that's, that's again one of those moments where I'm like, wait a minute, I'm 16 years old, aren't you? I've got a cop out here. I can get with that. My hammy's gone. After two minutes. Um but things like him, his footwork, footwork was just, just unbelievable. Griff, Griff was, Griff striking the ball, shooting, again finishing, just right. Um, that's Tom McGriffiths. That's the thing I've always said as well. I know we've got Edward and Ayet and even Bradenberry. Griffiths for me has always been for the last few years. He's for me he's been the best striker in Scotland. Just his finishing wise. He's finishing, oh, he's at the power on these left foots. Unbelievable, man. It's oh, super. These left foots, leave left foots, it's, 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 it's deadly. Um, give him a chance. He'll, nine times out of ten, he'll hit target. And probably eight times out of that nine, he'll be in the net. Um, he has, he's, he's, I would agree. Um, and, and I think Lee would say himself, he's, he's, there's lots, lots of parts of Lee's game. From a, like a striker point of view, that he maybe didn't doesn't have, but maybe Musa had. But yeah, but I think that goes for lots of players in all different positions. That there's there's things that Musa didn't quite have that Musa doesn't, Musa doesn't have Lee's left foot, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but in terms of goal scorer, in terms of finisher, I I, I he's still the best at the club now. Um, no doubt about that at all. Um, so as it's wee things like that when a game you're watching them. Don't get me wrong, you watch them when they're playing games or whatever. You watch them in telly, and, and you do sometimes admire it and you know, respect it for what it is there and then. But also talking about in terms of saying about me when I'm when I'm then with them one to one and actually you're there and they're like, geez, oh, and these I mean, guys are top draw. Aye, that's like watching them on the telly or on the, uh, the stadium when you're you, okay, you're at a reasonable distance from them, but when you're actually standing there. And you're like, this is just crazy. I mean, they're pinging balls out in top corners as if... It's, you know, it's nothing. It's nothing, aye, aye. But it's like one after the other, it's just bang, 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 bang. And you're like, most people, your average young guy, obviously they're no pros, but your average young guy would be like, they'll hit that shot and they'll be so proud of their one goal tonight that was aye. in the top corner, whereas these guys are just doing it shot after they're shot. Relentless. Aye, just, just, just frightening, frightening. I, just, I know I've taken a wee bit a bit long night, Kev, but the last wee bit, um, obviously you're a Celtic fan. Um, obviously, t- touched me a bit on Celtic the last two be three minutes. Um, obviously, I just came in. Um, for me, I think it's starting to click a, a few more signs, but what's your early signs about the manager? Uh, I, promising. Promising. I, I've been asked that a lot. Well, I suppose not just been asked that you talk with your, your mates and different stuff like that. I promise you, I think it's hard for anybody to say, even up to now after the first few games, to judge, judge too much. A manager. Um, the only way I would judge them is, you know, it, I mean, people can take from it what they want, but it, it comes across really well in, in media. Um, I takes no badness for him. <laughs> oh, no, he takes, he takes no prisoners for that sense. Don't get me wrong, I think there'll be times so where he might need to. Excuse me, he may need to tone that down where they'll, they'll start coming after him, which he probably doesn't want to happen. I'll be headlines, won't it? Aye. But no, he deals with the media really, really well. He talks really well. He's enthusiastic. He's, he's got a, he's got quite a sort of charming personality that 
I think he can like whether you're a supporter of a Celtic or not type thing. I think he's that type of guy. Um, and he seems to talk a good game. He's He's got the players... Players look as if they're, 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 they're starting to... OK, maybe the last week or two, you maybe say quicker than they were, but they seem to be starting to sort of buy in or, or, or get to grips of how he wants them to, wants them to play. Um so no, I think he's I, I think he's doing and again doing well and, and the, the boys I've spoke to, um, they've all said he's brilliant. They've all said he's been a breath of fresh air. Everything's changed um in terms of he's come in and he's just doing it his way, um, which is what you want, which he would have wanted. Train training's brilliant, training's really, really good. They're all they're, they're enjoying that. Um so I mean I think the early early signs are good, but I think you'll need he will need time. He will need time. Um, I know it's people say, oh, Celtic and Rangers are strong. It's unfortunate you don't get too much time, but you, you don't want, you could be back, you could be back having the same conversation next year with another manager. And it, I mean, I'm doing it wrong. I'm not saying they're going to go in one league or they're not going to go in one league, but I, I don't think, I don't, I don't see Rangers having as good a season as they did last year. That's what I've said. Um, me personally, I don't think, obviously, I don't want to talk about the finances and whatever else, but I don't think they're going to improve too much more than they did last season because yeah. they've roughly got the same team. Yeah. And there's only slight with Celtic, we had Rodgers, but every year we did get a bit better. But when he left, we didn't, we kind of went down a wee bit. It's still, there's only, you need to kind of refresh. I think that's the thing we didn't do last season. The team went a bit stale. And I think this might happen to transition, but obviously they might qualify for Europe, they might get money, they might refresh. But I think well, I agree no. with you that we're just going to get better, and I can't see them improving drastically too much. I might be wrong, but I'm agreeing with you. No, I, I, I'm the same. I don't, I, I, to be fair, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not assuming any of the, any of the Rangers, <laughs> but I, I don't see. I, I'm not being hypercritical because Rangers did what they had to do last year. But they, yeah. they, the games that were in front of them, can't ask for more than that. But I think for even 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 for them to improve as a squad, whether it's bringing in new players or not, even if they didn't bring anybody else in from this point on, I think to them, to maintain the standards that they kept last year, when you've had the break and you're starting again and you've had the higher like winning the league, stop ten in a row and all that kind of thing. To get going again, what's your driver this year? Because the driver last year was massively to stop ten. It was every day. It was you need to do it. You need to do it. It was all about. It was. It was all. It was all aimed and geared towards that, and, and they'd done it and, and fair play to them. But this year, I think it'll be really hard for them to keep that standard. Mm-hmm. They I agree. I agree. And they're already showing. No, well, I'm not saying showing. I say showing because they've, already, they've lost a game. <laughs> That game wasn't there last year. That game was one two nil or one nil or whatever it is. So they're already that's already happened, and I just don't think I just think it will be hard for them to do what they did last year. I I agree with yourself. I don't think Celtic are going to be any worse than they were last year. If not, I think they'll be better. I still think there'll be slip ups along the road. Yeah, I think there'll be games where we'll do what we've done the other day and we might get a good few goals by some teams. But I think there'll be like games where we might be on the end of a few mm-hmm. dodgy results. Um, but the other factor I'll throw into that is I think some of the other teams this year will also take points off Rangers. Well, I, I think Aberdeen are looking strong. I think Aberdeen 
I genuinely think Aberdeen, Hearts, Hibs, St Johnston and Motherwell, I don't want to discount the rest, but I do think all those teams this year are getting stronger. will be capable of a draw, a wee victory here, there, which they never managed to get last year off range. Yeah. All right, they, got, they probably get, definitely get more than they normally do against Celtic. And I don't really just expect them to get as much off Rangers this year as they did for Celtic last year. But it wouldn't surprise me if Rangers drop near like 10, 12, 13 points this year. And I, that's where I that's where I just think this year it'll be it'll be it'll be different and it'll be closer. But in terms of the managers concerned, I, I would just I would just run with it. I think he needs he needs he time. Time. Mm-hmm. time. He needs he needs a Christmas window. And then to be fair, I would go as far as say right now, I wouldn't even be no matter what happens. I watch what I say there, but unless they, unless they were to lose the the league ridiculous amount of points. I still be there. Let them have next year as well. I don't. I don't think anybody feels his life. For example, we should be changing manager. I think as long as you see improvement this year, because that is that's that's the that's the big thing. It's not just. It's about a project, isn't it? It's everything. You can see the now as well. He's, he's got a style of play that he wants to play. Nothing against some of the boys that are there, but they're getting asked to do things that they're just not used to. Yeah. And because I even had a conversation with somebody the other day, and I, I think. The last couple of years, aye, a couple of years, like since Tierney left and Luke left or whatnot, or even when Lustig was still there, people are talking about, oh, we need fullbacks, we need fullbacks, we need fullbacks. And again, I'm going to sound biased here because I train with Greg, but Greg, Greg is a left back, is a really good left back. Is Greg a winger? No, he's not a winger, but he was bought as a left back. If, and is he, I, as a left back. I so for him to play in that style, will he suit that style of play? Even the style of play last year. In terms of people talking about getting forward, not that's not his game. Back. We were lucky in the sense of we had a Kieran Tierney who played more often like a like a, a wing back. But I really like Greg as a defender, and Greg's really in terms of defensively, really, really good. And he and he I mean he always gave you hundred percent. But what I was going to say was I think last year, a couple of years before that, we were screaming out for, you know, we need your fullbacks, we need your fullbacks. I, I think the case this year is okay. We still need fullbacks. We still need whether it's starters or cover, but it's now a smaller market we're dealing in because we yeah. now need a specific type of fullback, and we need a fullback that's willing and capable, like in the middle of the park. But by the, by the looks of it, in terms of how he's getting it to play, it seems that's why he's like to play in it. So that's not just going to say, know, he's a good left back now, or he's like he can get him down the wing. That's more like saying, well. Can he do like what the boy Cancelo does at Man City? I'm not saying that standard. No, I get you. I, I. Popping into midfield and he plays like a centre mid, and he can move about and he can. He's no scared of where he is. He can take the ball at any position and he's got the ability. That's not your standard left or right back. That's what I've noticed with with Alston. He keeps in the middle of the park the last two or three games. And again, for me, I don't know Alston personally, but I, I eventually will need to sign better. But I think he, he might be okay for cover. But you can see. The guy's trying his heart out and he's adapting to this idea of play for the manager because he got in the middle of the park and you can see he's maybe grown the last two or three games he scored two goals. He's obviously buying into it and I think that's what I like, the fact that players are buying into the philosophy of the manager. Well, they're, they're buying into it and that's where I think it's, it's, the patience has to come as well because as much as the, the manager needs time, there's, there's some players more than others depending on what position they play in that are going to need time because their, their job 
it's completely changed. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, like McGregor, Turnbull, Roger Christie, their jobs are pretty much still the same. They're within that area, but your your full fullbacks more than anything else. Their their game's getting turned upside down. It seems, that, it I, seems I, the fullbacks will be key, won't they, to the to way you play? Try to crowd, you can see him try to crowd the midfield, which is great. But that's where I think you know I agree. I don't think Ralston's going to be there long term in terms of a starter or whatnot. And he is still a young guy. And Greg, I, I, I would still have Greg as well there, but. I think you just look at these guys and you think, you know what? They are getting asked to now. There's nobody else there. They're giving a hundred percent. Can he go on their backs? Mm-hmm. It's, it's you know what, what else are we going to do? They're getting it's not as if you're you're asking a striker or something to come play to hold a midfielder or a defender to step up and play as a second front man and stuff like that. That's technically you're asking them to do some in different areas. It's, it's they've not been brought up to play. So, but no, I, I, again, I, I could go on and on about all that kind of stuff as well, but. I think so far the manager looks he looks good. He's came across well. He's he's got he's got the players sort of bought in by the looks of it to what he's trying to do. And it can only it, it can only get better. It can it can only get better after that. <laughs> so just eat, like I say, just give him time. Give him time, I'd say, and just uh, it's probably I think it'll be an enjoyable season. Yeah. I, 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 think, think, I think I think a lot of goals. I think there's a lot of goals and I think especially after the season we've had and all right there's that initial sort of anger a lot of people and frustration or whatnot. but it's quite refreshing now to me anyway it's quite it's refreshing it's exciting isn't it it's refreshing it was something that was always going to happen again that's what I said to somebody the other week so if, even if Celtic had won 10 in a row this transition was still going to happen mm-hmm. yeah. a few other players that are leaving and might be leaving or have left or need to go or whatnot. They were all that was all still going to happen anyway. It was always got a bit involved in Dover. Ayer was still going to go. Edward was was going to still be going to go. Brown was still probably going to re, well, not retire, but something was going to change for him or he would need to step back a wee bit. We were going to lose players. All right, losing them on a high is a better platform. Had to move better. Mm-hmm. In terms of the actual state of like manager finances, like chief exec leaving, captain leaving. That was all going to happen anyway. Yeah. It's just it's just the atmosphere because of the calamity of last year was. It's, it's just pure doom and gloom, isn't it? This, this, this whole thing of new players coming, coming in, new manager coming in, new captain, new this, that was all still going to happen. So for me, you know, it's like, right, okay, it's in the past. Just move forward. Now, let's just, that is a change. Let's just see what happens and just enjoy it. Um, that's what it's all we can do. We and can. That, obviously, for yourself, uh, Kevin, last wee bit about yourself, the future. Um, do you think you'll maybe get into clubs or try and dialogue to get into that? Or are you just, uh, just, just going with the way you're going now? Or is that, or is that, is that a something you can't imagine? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's not, it's not, it's not at all, actually. It's not. It's, uh, do you know, it's, it's something I've had a, a fair amount of conversations with different people recently. Um, when I say different people, I don't necessarily mean like clubs and stuff yeah. like that, just in general. Um, it's something I would like to do. Um, I would like to get involved with clubs, um, whether it be working with a, like a different number of clubs, whether it be working with any specific club, 
Um, I would like to do it. Um, there's obviously kind of like what I touched on earlier on. There's 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 a lot of freedoms that I would like to keep. Um, that would allow me to still do what I do and have relationships and and and, and stuff like that. But it sounds like poor me type thing here. But I'm 37, so. I think just in terms of my own sort of personal development and like from a working point of view, from a business yeah. point of view, that that changes as you get older as well. So yeah. doing what I'm doing now on a daily basis, like with your general Joe Blogs public PT and starting at six in the morning and finishing at like normal at eight, half eight at night, Monday, Friday. Still young, I but I don't want to be doing that in my late forties and fifties at that time. Don't get me wrong, still need to work, obviously. Yeah. But getting up and going to work at that time in the morning, get back at that time of night, family, kids and stuff like that. I don't want to be doing that. So there are avenues I want to go down and, and I would like to I would like to work um with clubs. Um doing certain things. There's certain things that I'll be brutally honest, I don't want to do. Yeah. Clubs. Um and that's not a negative. It's just that I know what I like, I know what I enjoy. I know I, I like to kind of think I know what I'm good at. I'm no somebody I'm no somebody who loves like um don't, I don't want to see sports science because that's too much of a blanket type thing. But I'm no one for like, you know, like sitting behind like computers and screens and stats. Yeah. Are you like to be involved in a lot of stuff? The training like, pitch side. I like training boys. I like training boys with them. Training them in the gym. I'm training on the pitch. All the other stuff, all the stats and all that type of stuff. It has its place. Hundred percent. I agree with it and getting used at certain points. But that's for other people to do that. Specialise that, and that's their thing, and they're good at, and that's where I think that needs to be utilised in the right way. Um, but that's no me; it's no my thing. Um, I appreciate it and I respect yeah. it, and then you work with it. Um, but I just like training boys. I like getting on the pitch, I like getting in the gym, um, and that's where I see myself fitting in. Um, whether it's sort of consultancy type thing on my own, or whether it's working with clubs for clubs or whatnot. That's the way I kind of see it, and I'd like to. See it. But again, things can change. But I think the main thing is you've got you've got the goal of what you want to do, and obviously you've you've had it in your in your trainer thought that what you want to eventually get maybe back into again and stuff. And I think that's obviously going to go well for the future. Um, again, Kevin, thanks for your time. I really appreciate your time. Um, it's been good to know about your the ins and outs of the training, and obviously some of the stories about Moose. I was brilliant, SpongeBob. But I like that one. Um, I say I really appreciate your time, Kevin. All, all the best for the future, mate. Thanks a lot. No problem. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 